because of how aggressive inflammatory breast cancer is, there is a, a certain sense of urgency to not only get these patients in and worked up in the sense of getting the biopsy, making the diagnosis of breast cancer, but also evaluating if the cancer has spread outside the breast and the armpit. This is the James Cancer-Free World Podcast. Thanks for joining our ongoing discussion with the top doctors and scientists of the James. Today's topic is the Stephanie Spielman Comprehensive Breast Center's Inflammatory Breast Cancer Program, and our guest is Margaret Gaddy Mays. Margaret is a medical oncologist who specializes in breast cancer, immunotherapy, and early stage clinical trials. And she is also the section chief of breast medical oncology at the Spielman. Inflammatory breast cancer is a rare and aggressive form of breast cancer. And Margaret will fill us in on how it's diagnosed and treated. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me today. So this topic came up in a, a previous uh, podcast, Roman Skoraki, the medical director of the Spielman, clued me in mm -hmm. on the program that you're a big part of, and it mm -hmm. sounded like it's really important to get the word out. Absolutely. Um, inflammatory breast cancer is a very aggressive type of breast cancer, and it's a rare type of breast cancer. So a lot of times the diagnosis actually is incorrect or is missed in the community setting or among primary care docs because it's not something that is typically seen. So it's really important to make sure that people are aware of the signs and symptoms that indicate inflammatory breast cancer program, or in, uh, that indicate inflammatory breast cancer so that they can get to a program like the Spielman's as soon as possible. Well, let's fill people in on that. So sure. sort of what is it, what mm -hmm. is inflammatory breast cancer and, and how is it different than, I don't want to say typical, but a, a more common Sure. breast cancer? So inflammatory breast cancer is a clinical diagnosis, um, and it accounts for less than 2% of all breast cancers. Wow, that, so that is rare. It's very rare. And so when we think of breast cancer, uh, and we think of the three different subtypes, hormone receptor positive, HER2 positive, or triple negative breast cancer, inflammatory breast cancer can actually be any of those three main subtypes. But the difference is, is that inflammatory breast cancer really is a rapidly very aggressive appearing type of breast cancer. Um, and one that can, when often found, is already spread outside the breast and the lymph nodes. So what do women know? What should they look for sure. to, to be clued in? Sure. So the symptoms um, and signs of inflammatory breast cancer are actually somewhat nonspecific, which is part of the problem yeah. as well. So the clinical diagnosis, when we see a patient, uh, a patient would have a clinical diagnosis of inflammatory breast cancer if they were to have rapid onset. So generally um, of redness in the breast. It can be redness, it can be pink, it can be purple in the breast, and that usually has to um, appear over at least one third of the breast. Also, um, patients will notice rapid swelling of the breasts. So patients will often say, oh, all of a sudden my breast feels very swollen, very full within my bra. It doesn't fit right. A lot of times patients will also notice something called what we in, in medicine called peau d'orange, or that the skin of their breast looks like an orange peel. Say, say that name again. Peau d'orange. 
So like the, the orange peel skin. Oh, okay. Po mm -hmm. is French for orange peel. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so they'll notice, and what that looks like is basically just kind of taut skin over the breast with some dimpling. So just like you would see on an orange. And generally this occurs rapidly, sometimes over weeks to maybe about a month. In order for this to be an inflammatory diagnosis, the symptoms have to be present for less than six months. And generally when we do a breast exam, it's this process really involves the entire breast. So there's no, in most, most cases, there's no specific mass that's actually detected on physical exam. And even when we do imaging, it tends to be a very diffuse process throughout the breast. So a regular mammogram type screening process wouldn't detect it so it would see it would absolutely detect it the, oh, okay. the mammogram would see that it's kind of just diffuse oh, throughout so the breast so it's not a sort of single mass Correct. it's little masses all over or how it, would you describe that so in some cases it can be a single mass but again it's it's i generally tend to think of it it's so quick growing that we tend to see a lot of edema with it so as the tumor grows and kind of disrupts the normal breast tissue we see a lot of swelling with it and that's why we see kind of this rapid kind of onset of breast swelling breast redness and on imaging it tends to be a very diffuse process a lot of times women will notice kind of some flattening of the nipple or some retraction of the nipple. And the reason why these symptoms, while they seem alarming, there's a lot of benign processes that can cause this, these symptoms as well. For example, mastitis, or when like a woman is lactating or nursing, sometimes a milk duct can become blocked and be, can become infected. In that situation, we may see a very similar presentation of rapid swelling of redness of the breast, um, some pain in the breast as well. And that's often one of the most mis- uh, or the most commonly misdiagnosis of this is that it, uh, the patient will go to see their primary care doc or another physician, go to urgent care, and a diagnosis of mastitis is made. And that would be in pregnant, or not pregnant, women who have just delivered who are nursing who might are kind of busy and may not have think mm -hmm. to have enough time to go see doctors, which can complicate things. Exactly, and and this actually can happen. You know, obviously, it, it mastitis in some women can occur during pregnancy, can occur after. Some women will also have just some nipple discharge, kind of even if they're not lactating, and, and occasionally we can see mastitis with that as well. But in outside of that mastitis diagnosis, another benign diagnosis that can look similar is called ductal ectasia. And so again, these are kind of benign processes that generally we treat with antibiotics. And so that's often when women will go to a physician or a, a provider and say, you know, have these symptoms. Often the first step that is taken is to give antibiotics. And I think that is probably the most common diagnosis right. is that this is not inflammatory breast cancer, given the fact that that's only 2% of, of all breast cancers we see. However, the key is if these symptoms do not improve after antibiotics, that's when we start to get worried that it may be something more. The Stephanie Spielman Comprehensive Breast Center actually has a diagnostic clinic, and so patients can self-refer to that. So if there are breast concerns, um, we're able to get patients in, sometimes get breast imaging if we need it, and be worked up by our diagnostic team. So because this is so rare, and of course, just regular people, women, mm -hmm. aren't going to know of this, but perhaps many primary care physicians aren't aware of it as well, and that mm -hmm. is part of the problem. Absolutely. And, and I think... I think most physicians are aware, but I think it's one of those things because it's 
one of those more rare subtypes. It's obviously not always first in mind. And again, I think in the majority of situations, this type of presentation will not be an inflammatory breast cancer. But it's always the, the cautionary tale is if we're treating with antibiotics for an infection and it doesn't get better, then we need to think what else could it be other than an infection. Okay, that was great. And we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk about how this type of cancer, inflammatory breast cancer, is treated. Great. In today's world, misinformation abounds. But at the Ohio State Health and Discovery website, we're addressing today's most relevant health, wellness, science, and research topics all from the Ohio State experts you can trust. We're tapping into physicians, scientists, and thought leaders across our medical center and health sciences colleges to give you the deeper story behind the headlines and the truth about the topics affecting the health of individuals, society, and the world. Visit health.osu.edu today. We're back with Margaret Gaddy Mays talking about inflammatory breast cancer, and you gave us a great overview of the symptoms and why mm-hmm. it's important to be aware of them. So let's start talking about treatment and how, mm-hmm. I don't know, but we'll find out, is this treated differently than um, a more common forms of breast cancer? Sure. So, you know, absolutely. So because of how aggressive inflammatory breast cancer is, there is a a certain sense of urgency to not only get these patients in and worked up in the sense of getting the biopsy, making the diagnosis of breast cancer, but also evaluating if the cancer has spread outside the breast and the armpit. With inflammatory breast cancer, staging scans are generally part of that initial diagnostic workup. That's a little bit different than kind of our other typical types of breast cancer that we see where generally um, staging is only done in kind of the stage three or advanced breast cancers. Inflammatory breast cancer by definition is a stage three breast cancer at the very least. At the beginning. At the beginning. At diagnosis. Mm Even if it's not metastasized or exactly because yes. it's so aggressive, exactly. it's already stage three. Mm-hmm. Because okay. it involves the skin generally. So because it involves the skin, it becomes a stage three breast cancer. Okay. And so in that, um, the staging scans are really important. And generally, we tend to favor PET scans, which again, tends to be a little bit different than our standard breast cancer imaging, where we tend to favor CAT scans and bone scans for initial staging. PET scans are favored because of how aggressive and active these tumors are. PET scans help us figure out exactly where this tumor has been and kind of where those aggressive deposits may be. PET scans are the ones where it lights up? Exactly. It, so what mm-hmm. exact, what cause, What is that exactly? Sure, so a PET scan, they um, label glucose or sugar um, with a radionucleotide. And then they give the patient this medication through an IV, and it helps to identify where those tumor cells may be in the body. And is that because in this inflammatory breast cancer, as opposed to just a, a mass, it's it's spread out 
throughout the breast and you can see all the different points where it is? So that, that's a great question. So usually the PET scans don't, know, don't so much necessarily focus on what's going on in the breast, but we'll look at like the lymph nodes in the armpit, we'll look at oh, the lymph nodes in okay. the body, but also the liver, the bones, um, the lungs. So those Everywhere. other places, yeah, that we worry a little bit more about has, has it spread. With um, inflammatory breast cancer patients, about one third of all inflammatory breast cancer patients will be metastatic at diagnosis. And that's much higher um, when we think of kind of typical breast cancers, it's usually only about 5%. Wow. So because such six a, times as many <laughs> exactly so because yeah. again it's such an aggressive type of tumor we do staging early on and try to determine if the cancer spread outside the breast and the lymph nodes if it has generally we'll tend to make sure we try to get a biopsy to confirm that however because sometimes days and weeks actually may determine the difference between it having been stabilized or st- right. you know stayed in the breast versus spreading outside. With these patients, once we have a diagnosis with a biopsy and we know the receptors of the breast cancer, we start treatment very soon, generally, ideally within a week or at the very latest within two weeks of biopsy. Wow. So because it's so aggressive, is it treated differently or is the same types of things, which Mm -hmm. would be surgery, Mm -hmm. radiation, Mm -hmm. chemotherapy, immunotherapy, is it the same same ways but just done differently or done similarly so it it, from a medical oncologist perspective generally it we treat it the same way as we would treat other tumors with similar receptors that are non-inflammatory breast cancer the big difference when i approach a patient with inflammatory breast cancer is just how quickly we get them started and so um, from medical oncology, it's not very different. However, from a surgical approach and also from a radiation oncology approach, they do tend to, it tends to differ whether it's inflammatory or not. But the systemic chemotherapy really is determined upon the receptors. Um, and again, inflammatory breast cancer can have any of the receptors that non-inflammatory breast cancer has as well. So the chemotherapy and immunotherapy standards you have mm-hmm. can work. Exactly. Okay. And is also surgery and mastectomies part of it? And for some women? Yes. So absolutely. So um, generally inflammatory breast cancer patients will get chemotherapy first. So in the neoadjuvant setting or before surgery, and we evaluate how they respond to the treatment. Generally patients will then proceed to surgery and then eventually to radiation after that. Now, some patients, even if they have a metastatic diagnosis, Typically, in that setting, in the metastatic cancer, we would not necessarily do surgery or radiation because the purpose of those is to To prevent prevent, the cancer from spreading outside the breast. But inflammatory breast cancer, we tend there tends to be such a higher risk of local recurrence of inflammatory breast cancer, where we can end up with tumors actually in the skin. Sometimes those tumors can grow out and even ulcerate, so women can have uh, very bothersome and sometimes disfiguring tumors that are on the on their chest wall. Because that happens more commonly with inflammatory breast cancer, even in the metastatic setting, we'll have our surgical colleagues and radiation colleagues see these inflammatory uh, these patients with inflammatory breast cancer in order to help plan that if we do see a good response with chemo, these patients may be appropriate for surgical resection, even if it's metastatic. Okay. Is there any particular population or different population? I know breast cancer 
is generally in an older population of mm -hmm. women. Is it similar here? So that's a great question. So inflammatory breast cancer tends to occur in younger women. Um, so I think the average age of women with breast cancer is in their lower 60s, younger 60s, and inflammatory breast cancer tends to be more in the lower 50s. However, I see many patients in their 20s and 30s that have inflammatory breast cancer in my clinic. Um, we also tend to see a higher amount of inflammatory breast cancer among women who are African-American. Um, and so, uh, you know, I think most of the inflammatory breast cancers tend to be triple negative breast cancer, meaning that they lack the receptors for estrogen, progesterone, and HER2. Triple negative in general tends to be more common in younger women and in African American women as well. Um, but you know, so some of that may because be because of that. But even when we look at inflammatory breast cancer as a whole, um, even among the triple negative breast cancer patients, it tends to be on the younger side there too. Is is there? Do you know? Have any? knowledge of why it's happening in younger women? So that's a great question. Um, I think we're all hoping to figure that out. Right. Um, when we look at many of the inflammatory breast cancers, they do tend to have a very high number of mutations that are there. And so it's always kind of a question of, well, why are these mutations there that are driving these aggressive tumors? And so I, at this point, I've not been able, or we've not been able to kind of figure out why okay. that is, but it definitely patient, these inflammatory breast tumors, when we look at them, they tend to be highly aggressive, have lots of mutations, um, and, and tend to just be, again, on that more aggressive side than, than typically what we see. One of the really exciting pieces of research that's going on at uh, the Stephanie Spielman Breast Cancer Center in Ohio State is the development of a tissue bank. Um, and so this effort is led by Dr. Dan Stover, who's one of my colleagues. He's the director of translational breast cancer research um, at the Spielman. And Dr. Stover is collecting tumor samples from patients with inflammatory breast cancer, as well as blood samples at various time points. And this will allow us to be able to look at these tissue samples and these blood samples and look at perhaps what's causing inflammatory breast cancer or perhaps what's the Achilles heel, how better we could treat these tumors for our patients. Um, what's exciting is with having this inflammatory breast cancer program, we're attracting a very large number of patients with inflammatory breast cancer from the surrounding areas around Columbus. And as these patients are referred and we're able to collect these samples, this hopefully will be able to help our patients in years forward, not only here in Ohio, but nation nationally as well. Wow. Now, one of the things I've learned from doing this podcast is the tremendous advantage of, of for patients of mm -hmm. going to a comprehensive cancer mm -hmm. center where you have 20 experts in your type of cancer mm -hmm. and you have a whole... Uh, the Spielman is entirely devoted to breast cancer. So creating this clinic mm -hmm. and seeing, specializing and being, having all the resources for women with inflammatory breast cancer, what is the advantage sure. for women and, and why should they come and see you? Yeah, so I, I think you're right. I mean, I think especially as breast cancer care becomes more complicated, I think especially some of these rare tumors, having your team at a comprehensive center, I think is really important, not only to make sure that we have a cohesive plan for that patient, but we're able to really make sure that we identify the patients that need to get worked up and started on treatment immediately. Because again, with inflammatory breast cancer, time really is of the essence. 
I think one of the benefits of the Spielman is we have incredible um, uh, nurse practitioners that help screen our patients. And so when we get a new patient packet, they're able to identify there's a concern for inflammatory breast cancer or this patient has a diagnosis of inflammatory breast cancer and they expedite kind of that patient getting in to see the pa- the docs that they need to making sure that all the records are complete and that can help us get that patient on the road of getting the work up and getting them started on treatment so within your specialty of breast cancer, mm-hmm. how did you come to sort of subspecialize in inflammatory <laughs> breast cancer? Sure. So um, prior to coming to Ohio State, I was at the National Cancer Institute in Washington, D.C. Um, and obviously there we see a lot of rare tumor types. Um, inflammatory breast cancer was a type that, that we would see there. Um, but because generally these are, uh, you know, very kind of, uh, you know, they're diagnosed often in the community. We didn't see a ton, but often I was a consultant um, uh, on those cases. I think my real interest was actually once I got here at Ohio State, um, we started having a couple of inflammatory breast patients because my overall specialty is triple negative breast cancer. And again, we see more um, inflammatories that are triple negative. But I think it was, you know, there's one specific patient case that that I think really, for me, drove me to want to learn more about inflammatory breast cancer and, and really try to help figure out how better we can treat these patients. Um, it was a young patient in her 20s who was diagnosed with inflammatory breast cancer while pregnant. And it was very challenging because often, you know, as I mentioned, mastitis is one of the misdiagnoses. Right. And the patient knew something wasn't quite right. And good thing she was an advocate for herself. But again, because often these cases are so aggressive, by the time she got to us, it was very advanced. And so I think in that situation, it really reinforced to me, one, that we need more education about the fact that not only does this cancer occur, but it can occur in young patients, because I think that's again one of the hard things with this being a rare tumor and with breast cancer not being as common in young women when young women come in with these breast changes i think a lot of times people are not always thinking oh is this inflammatory breast cancer because it's rare and it's rare and so it's kind of that double whammy um so i think that case really for me motivated me to not only educate um, more physicians about this but become more involved in our inflammatory breast cancer program And when I started to talk more with my colleagues, and it was just around the inception of our inflammatory breast cancer program at the Spielman, I also realized that there were a lot of colleagues of mine at the Spielman who shared similar interests and similar stories, Um, that it was patients from our community who had come to us and we felt that we needed to do better, that we have to come up with better treatment algorithms, better ways of getting these patients connected but we have to do better even just from a research perspective. So how can we move the needle? How can we improve outcomes for patients with inflammatory breast cancer? Well, I was going to ask you as my last question, what motivates you to to do this? And I think you just answered that. Mm-hmm. It's to provide everything you can and then even more for your patients. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think uh, you know, as a, as a physician scientist, so someone who does clinical trials and see patients, I can say with absolute certainty that it's the patients I see in my clinic are what drive me to do my research. 
that when I see patients where the treatments don't work or, you know, this new potential trial does work, you know, for us, it really gives us that fuel that we need to push forward and say, how can we do better? We must be able to do better. Well, that's a great attitude. And I have a feeling you're going to keep doing better and better for years to come. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for filling us in on an important topic, inflammatory breast cancer, and guiding women in what they should know and how to be advocates for themselves. Thank you. This podcast is brought to you by the Ohio State University Comprehensive Cancer Center, Arthur G. James Cancer Hospital, and Richard J. Solov Research Institute. For more information, check out our website, cancer.osu.edu.